Welcome to Marketing with Walker and Grimm, the show about advertising and marketing for Central Pennsylvania. I'm John Walker, and when I'm not doing podcasts, I serve as the Digital Marketing Director at LMP Media Group. And I'm Marcus Grimm. I'm the Vice President of Market Growth and Innovation at Benchmark Construction. Welcome to Episode 2, John. Wow. We, we've got one under our belt. Here we go. They, they, they're letting us do another one. There's, sometimes there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, we're, we're gonna be, today we're going to be talking about Facebook. And uh, let's face it, John. Guys like like you and me, like it seems like every time we're talking to somebody, they're like, "Oh, what do you think about what Mark Zuckerberg is doing?" And uh, and John, <laughs> the way you're describing it to me is you're uh, you're you're kind of getting sick about hearing about Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, a little bit. Now I'll tell you. So I, I'm a digital marketing director, right? So understanding something about Facebook and using it is part of my job. And uh, let's face it, Facebook is a very powerful. Um, advertising platform. There's 2 billion people on it. Um, the targeting is extraordinary. And, and I'm, not, I'm not criticizing it from an advertising standpoint. It's, it's a powerful tool. Same goes with Google. But hey, I got to tell you, I am getting tired of us being fixated on news from the big three, as I call them, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. So, tell us a little bit... Uh, I'm sorry, John, but before we go into the local stuff, tell me some of the big things that those brands have been doing that you know you you uh, you feel like we we should be paying a little bit maybe less attention to. Okay, well, so Amazon is now in the advertising business, you know, and we all know Amazon for uh, being in the retail business. We can buy anything from Amazon, we can watch movies from Amazon, but Amazon is actually in the advertising business. So that's right, advertisers can buy exposure on the Amazon platform to drive traffic to their branded stores, branded stores on Amazon. So, you know, just as people just as people are really figuring out how to do paid search advertising on Google, um, you know, now we're, we're all asking, okay, so now do I need to become an advertising marketing expert on yet another platform, Amazon? And, and not only that, but, but these days, and we're going to do a whole episode about Amazon and Alexa, but these days, you know, Alexa shows up in your house, and, and listen, she's got a lot of good information, but it's also like inviting a salesperson right into your house on, yeah. on one level. Yeah, no question. And then, and then I think the other thing that, you know, and I'm, listen, I'm a marketer. So any, any time uh, Facebook does something, you know, people are freaking out. How is this going to change my marketing? What's some of the stuff Facebook has done recently? Okay. Well, so in the past couple of weeks, Facebook has announced that it's going to change the way news stories are exposed in its news feed. Um, and this is all about credibility. It's all about stuff that, that may have happened during the election. Um, you know, what's fake news, what's not. The reality is that so something like 65% of Americans now get their news from Facebook. So Facebook is finally acknowledging, hey, we're kind of a news platform, even though they claim to not be producing news, but just to be delivering it. But changing the way that they uh, expose news stories in their platform is going to have a big effect on what people see. And news organizations are scrambling to say, hey, what impact is this going to have on, on my business? And of course, before Amazon, before Facebook, there was Google. Yeah, Google, uh, I mean, funny as it sounds, I mean, Google is sort of like the, uh, the old player now. But Whenever Google makes a major change to how it prioritizes websites and information and search results, we all brace for impact, all right? 
And am I going to lose website traffic? Am I going to lose leads? Is my website still going to show up? And just to put this in perspective, in, in 2017, Google changed its search algorithm 12 times, basically once a month. And each one of those changes had an impact on uh, the, the level of exposure that different websites got. Now, now this, the, the interesting or the silliest thing about everything that we've just gone over, John, is Amazon, Facebook, and Google. As a marketer, I can't control any of them. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the point. I'm not saying that what Amazon is doing isn't important or Facebook or Google. I mean, these are, these are part of our marketing world today. What I am saying, though, is that what they're doing is largely out of our control. And as, as, a, as a marketer, as a small business owner, um, I've got to focus on things that I can control and spend less time fretting about things that I can't control. Okay, John. So assuming you, you've got me off the couch here in your office and I am going to focus on those things that, that I can control, I, I'm going to do it, John. I'm not going to worry about Facebook. I'm not going to worry about Google. I'm not going to worry about Amazon. What are some of the things that I, as a marketer, can do right now to focus? Okay, so what I'm going to propose is that we as marketers get back to the four P's. And the idea here- Did you it, invent these, by the way? Oh, I, I wish I had invented them. No, the, I didn't invent the four P's. The four P's of marketing being product, price, promotion, and place. So, you know, it, it, I, I would say that there's consensus that these four P's are kind of the, the foundation of marketing. The cornerstones, if you will. They're the cornerstones, yeah. Um, so what, what I'm saying is that okay, before we start worrying about what Amazon, Facebook, or Google are doing, let's make sure as business owners and marketers that we've taken care of the four Ps for our businesses. And, and wouldn't you also agree, you know, it's interesting to me, um, j just going back a little bit to, to Facebook and Google, you know, largely those are distribution tools, but they should be distribution tools for our well-executed product, price, promotion, and place. So if I don't nail those four things, it doesn't really matter what Google or Facebook do, correct? Great point, great point. So yeah, so you wanna have, so, so let's look at product first. Um, the idea is, do you have a product or service that meets a distinct customer need and can be distinguished from what your competitors offer? So that's about as fundamental as it gets. <laughs> it really is. What are you selling, right? Right. So if you sell coffee, is your coffee good? Is it different? Does it taste different? You know, Starbucks kind of built their business on a distinct kind of dark, smoky flavor. Now, I, I was actually talking to somebody who was lamenting the fact that that's probably not the main coffee they sell. They have this Pike Place, and many of the flavors they have now are, are different than that. But that was one of the aspects of Starbucks that was really unique. It was a kind of a rich, smoky flavor that really set that brand apart. And you know, it's interesting, and, and, and we're going to talk uh, in, in other episodes about differentiation, but coffee is a great example because now you have companies out there like Death Wish Coffee who they are selling the blackest, darkest coffee known to man. Your point, John, is the product has to be distinctive. Absolutely. So if, if you don't check this box, if you don't uh, have a product that can be truly distinguished com from competitors, everything else that you're doing in marketing it, it can't really overcome that 
deficit. You know, and uh, my your final point on product. Uh, I had a mentor once, and uh, and we we had a product. It wasn't quite fully baked yet. And uh, and me being the marketer, you know, I wasn't I, I I was not as worried about the product as I probably should have been. And and uh, I was working on the marketing campaign, and my mentor comes to me and he says, "Hey, Marcus, just remember, nothing kills a bad product faster than great marketing. So you need you need a great product." And that's that's a great point. So let let's talk about the next of the four P's, which is price. All right. And so the idea here is that your product needs to be priced in a way that is commensurate with its perceived value. So the idea there is, it's not that your product has to be the lowest price, um, it's that your pricing has to be in line with how customers perceive your product. So Mercedes-Benz can charge a lot for their cars because the perceived value is very high. Um, so, so that's an example. Another, uh, another example, at the, I guess at the, at the other end, would be Walmart. Sure. If I go into Walmart and I see anything that's more than I would expect it to be, it, it it's a huge brand disconnect. Absolutely. And and Walmart actually is a brand that has built its uh, business and its brand position around pricing, around low pricing. Which and and we we could probably do an entire episode about pricing and and uh, and and figuring out you know you know is it really wise to uh, uh, to to position yourself the way Walmart? Has? I mean Walmart has has the most aggressive team of buyers that are out there. I mean if you want to if you want to compete at the bottom end of the price barrel, you have to really tailor your business specifically for that. That's a that's a dangerous place price to go. Don't don't we say price is the last refuge of the bad marketer? Uh, you, you just said it and I believe it. I, I, I buy that. Um, you know, while we're speaking about, um, Walmart, let, let's mention Target, for example. I mean, Target carved out their position in the market by changing the price value equation. I mean, they, they started offering what people perceived as fashion level, uh, clothing merchandise for a bargain level price that's uh, a great point and, and that was that was a new and very appealing brand position and they they built their whole business on that awesome so so we've gone over product we've gone over price what's the what's the next one john okay the next one is promotion that's my favorite one john that, that's that's the one where marketers live all the time that's right that's right um but the reason it's third is because we want to make sure we get the product right and we get the price right and once we have those right we can talk about promotion which includes advertising includes sales sales promotion special offers digital social media like you said this is where this is where marketers live um, and you know what this this part of marketing has become very complicated uh, because of Google because of Facebook because of all of the digital options that are out there and um, but ultimately promotion is about this it's about gaining a slice of the consumers attention span day trading that uh, that, that attention right <laughs> that's right and and the reality is that today in our wired world in our world of smartphones and always on uh, media those slices have gotten narrower and narrower there are fewer of them um, and marketers are competing for smaller and smaller slices of the consumers attention span
And, and I think it's really important to notice, too, that those slices are getting smaller, but, but they're also moving. I mean, you know, guys like us, John, you know, 15 years ago, we were getting, you know, 40% open rates on our emails. Right, right, for sure. I mean, I remember the first banner ad campaign, digital banner ad campaign that I ran in 1998, and we had a 10% click-through rate. That is amazing. So one in 10 people was clicking on it. The average click-through rate for a banner ad campaign today is 0.04. And so, you know, what's really interesting about this, you know, so we've talked about product and we've talked about price, and those are those are very, very, tend to be very, very consistent with brands. Uh, this promotion thing is, is kind of, a, it, it's a lot more elusive. It's really, really changing in this world that we live in. It is, but, but here's my suggestion. My suggestion is that we get back to the foundation of this. And here's the foundation in my view. The foundation is that word of mouth is what marketing is really built around. Um, everything that we're doing as marketing marketers and everything that we're doing in the realm of promotion is ultimately about getting customers to try products and getting customers who have tried products to tell their friends about it. It's about word of mouth. Um, and, and ultimately, this is what we should be focused on. How do we drive that? Uh, that, that's a huge point. And, and of course, we'll, you know, at, at some point here, we'll get a lot more tactical on different promotional techniques. But, but almost what you're suggesting, John, is that, is that an ad that tells somebody to, to recommend a restaurant might be more powerful than, say, come to our restaurant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and the, the other thing that I'll suggest is that in a world where um, digital media is becoming so dominant, um, and it's the world that I live in as a digital marketing director. I'm going to tell you that marketers and business owners shouldn't be afraid to head in other directions too. So don't confine your spend to digital. You know, digital needs to be a part of your plan, but don't be afraid to use uh, tactics that, that you might find surprising today. Get out into the physical world, maybe sampling. Um, maybe there's an opportunity to give your products away in person. Maybe there's an opportunity to use print. Maybe there's an opportunity to use direct mail. Um, all of those need to be considered when you're competing for this narrow slice of the consumer's attention. I love it. And let's go to our, uh, you know, we've, we've got our three-legged stool right now, so it's leaning a little bit. So, so what's our fourth P? The fourth P is place, right? So you've got a good product, you've got it priced right, you're promoting it. Now the question is, where can a consumer get it? And there's a couple of examples of local businesses that are doing some really interesting things with place, and I'm gonna cite two of them. So one of them is just down the street here on King Street, and it's a, a coffee and sandwich shop called Buzz. Um, Buzz does a great example of, uh, of moving its business out into the sidewalk. Um, they have a chalkboard out, um, they have a, a takeout window, and basically what they're doing is saying, we're gonna move our business out into the place where consumers are, which is the sidewalk on King Street where people are walking by. The place is huge. I mean, and, and you know, Lancaster's a great example. You, you, food trucks everywhere. Right, food trucks. And, and the idea about place as a marketer, you know, think, think kiosks, think sporting events. How do I get my product or service into the hands of the customers that want it? Not just, uh, not just through the mail, not just through digital, but in the physical world as well. Well, I want to, how about we do this, John? Um, do you think in the next half of the show, we can talk about some more local brands that are doing this well? Absolutely. I, I have some good examples. Outstanding. 
You're listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm, the show about marketing and advertising for businesses here in central Pennsylvania. When we come back, John's going to tell us more about those four Ps. You are listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm. Listen to more episodes of this podcast on lnpmediagroup.com. Now, back to Walker and Grimm. So we've been talking about getting back to those marketing basics, specifically those four Ps that John told us about product, price, promotion in place. So John, now I want you to talk about some of those local businesses that have great ideas that we can apply to the four P's of marketing. Now, before the break, uh, you talked a little bit about place and how you how, uh, how you love Buzz because they've got a specific place um, to, to get the coffee. Let's talk a little bit, uh, is there, or there's another one for place? There's another one for place, and I'm going to cite the Park Bar. Uh, Park Bar, maybe about two years old. Some of you may know it. It's in Steinman Park. It's a bar in Steinman Park. Um, What's great about this from a place standpoint is Steinman Park is a natural gathering place. You know, when the weather is nice, it's a place you just naturally want to go. You're sitting on a park bench. You're enjoying the weather. It's pretty. There's a waterfall there. Now, what could be better? Well, what could be better is that you have a beer in your hand. Um, and that's exactly what the park bar enables. So they've, they've taken this natural gathering place and they've uh, turned it into a, uh, a watering hole. And it's, it's wonderful. It's a perfect use of place. And, and you know what's interesting is, that, and we do have you know, beautiful, beautiful springs and, and, and summers here in Lancaster um, and fall. Um, but you know what's interesting is we see that more and more with these restaurants and bars today is you know, let's do these patio renovations, let's get people outside. Um, that's that's huge. Um, uh, my understanding is, is that next year the Bulls Head is going to be doing a nice uh, patio renovation. You know, it, it's great, John, because that's how we really take those brands and, and embrace place. How about, um, how about promotion? Who's doing promotion well? Okay, well, I'm going to mention Two Dudes Painting, and we talked about them in our last episode, and we'll probably talk about them in more episodes. They're just great marketers. Um, but they, have, they are doing a great job with promotion because they've created a brand that's fun, approachable, and different. And from a promotional standpoint, their logo is an orange Volkswagen bus. And not only does that logo appear on their marketing materials, that lo- they drive around in that thing. That's All right. <laughs> they actually have an orange Volkswagen bus painted, uh, painted with their logo on the side. They park it at the Lancaster Business Expo. They drive it around town. It is an awesome example. Of I, I think several years it's been the uh, it's been the, the lead the lead car at uh, the race against racism. <laughs> that's you, right. You know that that's a run walk that draws four thousand people, and who knows how many thousands watching the race. And the very first thing coming down the road is the two dudes van. That's right. So it, it symbolizes what their business stands for. You know, it's two friends who had fun painting houses. It has kind of a rebel vibe. And hey, why put up a sign when you can actually drive your logo around town? Absolutely. All right. Um, John, you mentioned, um, uh, and, and you know, I got to tell you, I spend so much time at, at, at uh, Prince Street uh, for coffee, um, and I almost never go. I don't know. That's not true. I've never gone to Passenger John, and I didn't even realize that they do place in a very, very unique way. Yeah, let me tell you about Passenger Coffee. And I'm actually looking out the window of the LMP studio. I'm looking at Passenger Coffee. It's right across the street, and I'm a frequent customer. If you haven't been to Passenger, when you walk in, you find a very clean, minimalist environment. Um, whereas uh, Prince Street, which I also like a lot, it has kind of a warm, busy, full decor. Um, passenger is, is really kind of minimalist, clean, and spare. 
The service is impeccable, and interestingly, there is no Wi-Fi. That's right, a coffee None. shop with no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Maybe I know I've never gone. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But you know what? They're doing that intentionally because they're trying to create a different experience. They're saying this is a place where you come and you hang out with other people. You have conversations, something that's in uh, in real demand these days. And, and you know what? And again, I want to be very clear, John. I've never gone to Passenger Coffee. I probably wouldn't go because I almost always have my laptop. I want that Wi-Fi. But listen, I said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. The best marketing divides the room. And I think it's awesome that Passenger Coffee is marketing themselves to people that don't want to be inundated with the laptop crowd. I think that's outstanding. For sure. And it, the coffee shops in Lancaster, and there's a number of them, do a good job of dividing the room, as you say. Yeah. You've got Square One, which has a distinct personality. You've got Print Street, which is different. And Passenger is really unique. It's the newest on the market, and they've carved out a brand position for themselves that's, that divides the room. That's really unique. Outstanding. Um, John, I got one for you. All right. Um, and, you know, listen, when you talk about product, we could talk about any of the great restaurants in Lancaster. But I'm actually going to go I'm going to go to a slightly different food category. I've been all over the world, John. I have had I don't know how many kinds of soft pretzels. Nothing tastes like an Annie Ann's pretzel. OK, fair it, enough. It, it is a unique taste and flavor. I would go so far as to say that I don't even seek out a soft pretzel. I don't even think they taste good except for that that Annie Ann's flavor. It is a distinct product. It is truly unique in a world of, I would say, otherwise blah soft pretzels. Okay, that's a fair point. Well, I mean, interestingly, they've become a national brand. They may be international. A, a international brand. Um, and they had that uh, unique flavor. You know, we mentioned Starbucks a little while ago with a unique coffee flavor. I mean, Annie Ann's carved out a position for themselves with this truly unique and different way of, of making a soft pretzel taste. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I could not agree more. So so there they are. You know, we, we've gone through them at all. It, you know, it's product, price, promotion, and place. And listen, John, look, we're both digital marketing guys. So, so being able to sell these products, tell these stories, it's absolutely essential. But you know what? I go back to what my, what my mentor said. And you know what? The simplest way to kill a brand, a bad brand, is great marketing. And so, you know, you really need to have the, those four in place. We're saying it's important to start with those fundamentals and build on them. Now, once you have that great product and it's priced right, you've got your distribution, that's when you really should start thinking about digital marketing and other types of marketing. But if you don't get those fundamentals right, well, snazzy digital marketing just isn't going to be able to overcome that deficit. For sure. That, that's the point. It's not that what's happening on Facebook or Google or Amazon is unimportant. It's, it's really tremendously important, but it's not a substitute for doing those basic uh, marketing fundamentals. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, um, no challenges today, John? Oh, yeah. We've got a challenge. I've got a challenge for you, Marcus. I hope you're ready. I, I was born ready, John. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds to answer this topic, um, and, and it's related to the marketing fundamentals. And here's the question. The question is, how would you promote this business in an innovative way with, without using traditional advertising? Okay? Yep. All right. So I'm going to ask you how you'd promote this business without using traditional advertising. It's a tax preparation service. And tax. by the way, you, you can't dress someone as a Statue of Liberty and part, put them on a street corner. John, you took the best one. I that know. Was, that Sorry. Was, that was the one I wanted. Sorry. 
I'm actually going to give you two, John, because right. the one is I'm actually going to steal from somebody All right. uh, because somebody's actually doing this. Okay. Um, the, the folks at, uh, at Ross Bueller Falk, it's an accounting firm, All right. um, they are famous. They, they, they have a, a monthly leadership seminar where they bring in business leaders who just talk about their own businesses, their own successes. Um, it tends not to be promotional for Ross Bueller Falk. They're bringing in experts from other industries, but because they have that platform, they're doing a unique promotion, which is this time around, they're going to be talking about um, what all these new tax brackets mean, because they said they've got so many questions about it that they're going to use their, their monthly forum for that. So, you know, it's great because they've established this monthly forum, and that's going to be the topic that they do this month to directly sell people for tax prep services. And I'm going to give you a bonus one here. Um, uh, another thing that you could do, you know, quite frankly, is um, lots of kids, 18, 19, 20, those are the ones who are doing their taxes for the first time, you know, and, and uh, they, they tend to give them to mom and dad. But in a few years, mom and dad are going to stop doing their taxes for them. If you've got a tax prep service, go onto a college campus and, you know, try to figure out how to turn over a bunch of those 1040 EZs, you know, it takes you five minutes to do, you can make 49 bucks. But the reality is that that would be a good feeder system, I think. So, so the first one is promotion, uh, if you're Ross Bueller Falk. And the second thing then is place and, and doing it on college campuses. Okay, those are good. Those are good examples. Um, do I get to wear a Statue of Liberty costume in either of those scenarios? You see, John, what you said was spot on because the reality is, in both of those scenarios, you bring the Statue of Liberty costume, and it just, it just, it's that much better. Okay, excellent. Very good. All right, good answers, Marcus. Um, I, I think you were listening and and learning along the way. This is great. Four P's. I'm always going to remember it. All right. Well, that's all for today. All right, we're we're going to wrap up. But hey, we have. Our next podcast is going to be on content marketing, and I know this is something that uh, you're pretty interested in. Uh, content marketing, I, I, uh, I've, I've been a fan. I've been a fan since the old days, John. But let, let's wrap this one up. Um, I haven't learned the, the link yet. Where, where can they learn more about this podcast? Can learn more at lnpmediagroup.com. So you've been listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm. We appreciate you tuning in. For more information, lnpmediagroup.com, and we'll see you next time.